Hello, and welcome to Nerd Critic, a podcast about movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. My name is Jordan. And I am CJ, your, your, whoever's listening, you specifically, I am your resident nerd. That's right. That's yep. right. It's yep. true. Um, and I am your studied and credentialed critic of movies and everything else. <laughs> um, and today, I am fully armed and prepared to criticize and nerd out about Hook. Hook! Uh, Hook is the movie du jour. We are talking about Hook because uh, last week we talked about Aladdin, the live-action remake, and sadly missing from that conversation is the joy of Robin Williams because uh, he has passed and he could not be in this movie. Uh, or in Aladdin, and so we wanted to talk about a uh, a movie of his, and Hook was actually requested by one of our listeners. Um, we have to be somewhat nice, because it is her favorite movie, I believe. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, she said, can you talk about Hook, my favorite movie? Uh, so, no pressure. Okay. Uh, but that is a thing. Let's, well, let's finish up. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I I I uh, I love Hook. I love Hook, and I'm I'm excited to talk about it. So I'm uh, yeah. I just dive in. Just get right in. I have. I want to start with a question because I'm conf- I'm genuinely confused about it now. Okay. Is Hook a good movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, because I grew up thinking it was a Steven Spielberg classic and that it was incredible. But then, like, I moved here, and that's not the reception this movie usually gets. So now I'm all confused. (laughs) This movie is, yes, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Okay? Okay. Just, just, like, let's just set a baseline here, okay? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Hook is a good movie. Okay. Insofar as the definition of a good movie is... A movie that uh, has a set of intentions and accomplishes those intentions admirably. Okay? Okay. Hook is a good movie. Hook does a lot of things very right. Um, Hook is Hook is, uh, is, the, is the result. What am I trying to say? The product of a very talented team of filmmakers and actors and, um, and, and writers. So... Uh, who are also filmmakers. <laughs> um, Hook is a good movie. There are problems with Hook, which we will talk about. Like but... like 26% on Rotten Tomatoes kind of problems? <laughs> because again, sure. that blindsides me yeah. a little bit. That's So um, I think that, I think that uh, once again, we have, to, we have to take... So I'm going to go back to one of the tenets of nerd criticism. Okay. Actually, let me just let, scratch nerd. This is one of the tenets of criticism. Okay. You don't have to be a nerd critic to understand and to appreciate and uh, respect this tenet. And the tenet is that the first rule of criticism is to establish what the thing is trying to do. Got it. What is the intention? What is the context? And then you have to decide your criticism should first answer the question of whether or not that thing is done successfully. Is this movie successful in what it's trying to do? That's the question. It's always the question. Okay. So then here's let's let's ask that question of Hook. So first, what is Hook trying to do? Well, 
so I think what Hook was trying to do was sweep kids up in the magic of Neverland, Peter Pan, and teach you that it's okay to always be a kid. Yes. That's for me that's what it was trying to do because that's what it did. Yes. And and I was a kid. This this movie came out the year I was born. So it was it was there from day one and it was a classic and we watched it over and over uh and and that's what it did for me. It, I I do remember occasionally getting kind of bored, like the pacing was a little slow, but I remember just loving like the idea of the imagination food fight and yeah. the colors and like Rufio and mm-hmm. like everyone wanted to be him and like uh, and and just all of the goodness of Neverland and the Lost Boys and all. It like it swept up my dreams as a kid. I yep. loved it. Yep. So if that's what it was trying to do, then yes, it was a successful movie. I agree. Okay, that's the thing. So so um, this is a this is a movie that has a fairly specific set of intents. There are some very important emotions that it's hoping hoping to inspire, and I would say more than most movies I've ever seen, this movie is trying to bank on a kind of nostalgia. For something that may not have ever actually existed, which is really impressive. So this movie comes as a sequel to the story of Peter Pan, right? Yeah. Um, but there was no Peter Pan like this movie. Yeah. This is this is a sequel to a movie that doesn't actually exist. I mean, you could point to the animated Peter Pan from whatever, and like everyone knows that story. And so, sure, spiritually, it's the sequel of that movie. But it's not an actual sequel. Yeah. And yet it somehow makes you feel as though there was another movie, another movie, another story that happened and it was deeply important and significant and beautiful and that it happened earlier and you're seeing the follow-up. You're seeing what came later. Yeah. And that is so cool. And I think, honestly, if I'm going to just – if I'm in a nerding out space, I think that's the coolest thing about this movie. Mm. I think the coolest thing about this movie is that you come into it and all of the things that sort of start to establish the world of Neverland and the world of Peter Pan and the the world that he left and the world that he inhabits and like how that story all the all the things that start to put that together the 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 dagger on the, in the uh, uh, the dagger in the note in the hallway mm-hmm. to explain where the kids have gone mm-hmm. that they've been kidnapped like all that stuff like it works so well in 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 pushing you into this mindset of nostalgia, like of thinking, oh my gosh, this is this is the world of my childhood. Yeah, this is the world I've left behind. I mean, you're like when this movie came out, I was six years old. I don't think I saw it until I was seven or eight, probably on video, right? Maybe I saw it when I don't know. I was very young, but I was. I guarantee you, I was an eight-year-old watching this movie thinking, oh, that's the childhood I lost. Yeah. I'm eight. (laughs) Yeah. You know? I haven't (laughs) lost it yet. So, like, uh, insofar as that was one of the big aims of this movie, absolutely it was successful. And I I want to put a lot of that success – well, yes, Steven Spielberg, who is one of the greats of all time. Um, But also on Robin Williams, who has this ability to – uh, like if there is well, any, he's a pretty good actor. I mean, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he if there is any actor that that was a grown up child, right? It, and it not even in this like oh he's funny and zany kind of way, but like 
it seemed that that what he and he like all of his movies from Aladdin to Patch Adams to Dead Poet Society, they all kind of appreciated and showed this character of you don't have to be a certain way. You can have fun and be optimistic and be hopeful instead. Yes. And uh, and so it, it made perfect sense to to cast him. And I don't know. I don't. I should have done some research into what his filmography was up until this point. Yeah. But it made perfect sense to cast Rob Williams as Rob Williams as a as a somebody who previously valued never growing up, having grown up, and then finding that childlike wonder again, because he as a person seemed to naturally have that. He kind of was a Peter Pan in himself. Yeah. Uh, and I really. Like I remember thinking growing up that that Robin Williams kind of was Peter Pan, and everything I saw him in, he was just being. He was a big kid, yep. and I always wanted to hang out with him because he was a big kid. It was a perfect cast. It was a perfect cast, and also there was uh, an effort and a desire to to humanize Tinkerbell. And I imagine uh, the casting director and Steven Spielberg, insofar as he was probably involved, um, <laughs> probably asked the question: Gee, I wonder who we could cast as Tinkerbell to really elevate her as a character <laughs> that the audience can sympathize with. Well, gee, maybe Julia Roberts could do it. Yeah. Maybe and <laughs> maybe if, the most beloved actress in the world could do it. Yeah. Maybe her. Like she was at the height of her powers oh, yeah. in, in 91. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Captain Hook. Ah, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Who to thunk? Oh my gosh. So good. Just, yeah. So, so there's, uh, so there's your cast, right? And then Granny Wendy, Maggie Smith, yeah, of course, duh. Um, and uh, and on it goes down the line. But really, the 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 the, the A team here is Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julia Roberts. Like these people make it work. Yeah. Right. And so um, and and Steven Spielberg, I think maybe more than any other filmmaker. Yeah, I think more than any other filmmaker understands American nostalgia. No. Like he gets it. Yeah. He's gotten it from pretty early. Yeah. And he's built a very impressive career on it. <laughs> who who else lives in that space of of getting it? Um oh man, I don't know. Uh I have one in mind that I'm curious go about. Go for it. Cuz he's new. No, go for so it. He's not classic. Yeah. Abrams. Oh, I was going to say Abrams. Okay. So right. no, a- Abrams is definitely kind of the modern he's the, he's sort of the He's sort of the younger generation Spielberg. Like, yeah, yeah. He absolutely gets that. I, I think Abrams uh, doesn't maybe have – I don't know. That's a, there, that's another conversation. I, I, I want to just say Spielberg is the master of nostalgic to- storytelling. He understands how to get us into a place and keep us there in a way that feels like home. Yeah. And, um, and Hook does that immediately and so well. And, yeah, so uh, – it's really beautiful. That and that's of all the things I love about Hook, that's the thing I love most. I love the beginning of this movie the most. I love establishing Peter Pan as a as a dad who works too much and et cetera, et cetera. And like it's just a very well constructed movie around the theme, around the idea, yeah. around all the like what you said, that in the intention of the movie about reminding adults of what it's like to be a kid. It's and and you know, whatever. Uh proving to children that it's that it's okay to be a kid and that you wanna, you know, hold on to that. Like that it does it it does all that very beautifully. 
So the so you love that it's basically an IV of nostalgia. <laughs> I do. Yeah, it is my favorite thing about this movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree. And the 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 f- kind of another thing that Steven Spielberg is incredibly good at is uh, this this ability to make you believe in the impossible, like this belief of of magic, of this childlike wonder. Yeah. Kind of what your as a kid, where your imagination goes, yeah. right? Whether it's E.T. flying, like making bikes fly, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, it's this feeling of, of if I, if like as a kid, as a young kid, uh, what I picture a food fight being like, yeah. like I've never done it, but like what I picture it being like and yeah. the colors and the fun and uh, if I were to put together a, a ragtag team of kids, what they, there would be like the fat one who could like go into a ball and roll. You know what I mean? Like it was like if if it was kind of a entry point in, 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 into Steven Spielberg's imagination as a kid, yeah. or how she, how he pictures kids' imaginations being. I dare say that uh, there's not many things more amazing visually to a kid than that. Um, than that imaginary dinner scene. I mean, it, it is so cool. It is so, so bookmarked like, in yeah, my mind. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the, you're doing it, Peter yeah. is memed for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's it, like there, that, that whole sequence, um, it, it, it establishes perfectly the idea of, of, of hunger, which is a kid you get Yeah. when you're waiting for dinner. <sighs> <sighs> oh my gosh. Like, you you get it. You get you get the idea of like being hungry and wanting there to be a lot of food and wanting like just oh my gosh. No restrictions. Yeah. And 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 then watch so watching them, you know, dig into something that doesn't exist. And then also having your your living vicariously through the protagonist who is your Peter Pan, your Robin Williams character, like look watching them and just being like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm so glad to be here. I'm so hungry. And then realizing there's no food on the table and being like, What the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. This is not cool. Yeah. And then and then, you know, so that that whole transition like was so set up and paid off like in this just immensely, like viscerally satisfying way. Um and yeah, like there aren't so that, and then we have to talk about Rufio. So, yeah. oh yeah, Rufio, the ultimate cool guy. As a kid, so as a kid, totally. So, why <laughs> did the movie have twenty something percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Because who's adult who is criticizing this movie? Stupid adults who've grown up. Honestly, <laughs> to some degree, that's true. Yeah, this movie is uh, a victim of being too successful in some ways mm. for. For its objective, which is to appeal to children yeah. in an emotional way, yeah. this is not a movie that is pandering as much it is as it is just nailing it. It's showing you the thing that you couldn't imagine yourself. Yeah. You needed like this world built that like it perfectly incarnates your fantasies, right? Yeah, like that's what he did. Yeah. And so if you want, like, magic as a kid, Hook. Go watch Hook. Yeah, yeah. And, like, adult, if you're an adult, you watch it. Like, I admit, the most recent time that I've seen Hook, had a hard time with Rufio. Really? Like, this is kind of lame. Interesting. <laughs> like, this, is, this is not that Man, great. Man, that's yeah. so interesting. Because yeah. I apparently am just... It just blinded with nostalgia. Oh yeah, because well, there's no like I I watch it and Rufio even still it it literally is literally no one cooler than Rufio. It is so powerful that the like four movies I've seen him in since like as an adult 
He's the coolest. Like, I don't even care what the movie's about. The actor. Well, you're Rufio. Is like. So you're he's the Rufio. Like, <laughs> he was in he was in a movie, a dancing movie with Antonio Banderas called Take the Lead. Okay. That I saw as a teenager, and he was like, and Rufio, the guy, I don't even know who it is, but he he the guy who plays Rufio was in it, Dante and he was Basco. like. What is it? Dante Basco. Dante. His name is Dante. <laughs> anyway, he's so cool. Dante. 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 Yes. Anyway, uh, anyway, I I watched Take the Lead, and he was a minor. Like he was one of like thirteen characters. Wait, hang on a second. His full name. Sorry, I just looked it up. Okay. Dante Roman Titus Basco. I mean. <laughs> I'm in. I, I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> Coolest name in the world. He he is just he the, like the coolness of Rufio spills over into this take the lead movie where sure. I was invested 100 percent of the time that he was on screen because of a hook <laughs> that came out 15 years earlier. Yep. Uh, I I just I don't see how he could not be just the coolest. He skateboarded on like. This wood, and it was like a whole track, and it went sideways, and oh, he yeah. was just, he would fly through the air. No, and no he was cooler just, clubhouse has ever been invented. Uh, right? In any medium ever. I wanted to be a lost boy. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, it, it was just, it was, I'm so blind. So we need to talk about the things that didn't work. Because, it, like, when I say we, I mean you, because I am blinded to okay. them. Um, there is... Uh, the thing that makes this the, so the one gripe that I have against this movie, and it kind of culminates in a, a certain scene that I'll talk about in a minute. But the one thing that um, that I wish had been done differently somehow. There's this thing, and we'll call it the Chris Columbus effect. Okay. Okay. The Chris Columbus effect is we we give context to who because. He's not the guy. He did sell the ocean blue, but not this one. Yes. I'm talking about Christopher Columbus, the director of movies like... Um, the Goonies. The Goonies. Yeah. And um, actually Harry Potter, the first the Harry first Potter movie. The first two Harry Potter. The first two Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Yep. And also, I think, uh, Home Alone, is that a thing? Uh, I think, yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, and he also did... Uh, embarrassingly, he did um, uh, Pixels with Adam Sandler. Oh, boy, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and he did, I, I, he has like 24 credits. Sure. So, so he's Percy Jackson and Rent and okay. yep. Bicentennial Man. He yep. did, he's, he's been around. Yep. Uh, uh, so Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Sorry. Doubtfire. Yeah. But a great, great example. There, there are actually several great examples of like classic Chris Columbus movies. We're going to call this the Chris Columbus effect. And the Chris Columbus effect is, Parents are lame. Kids rule. Yeah. That's the Chris Columbus effect. And it's really effective for kids. I will tell you this. I didn't care that much about the Chris Columbus thing when I was a kid. The thing that was mad, the things that were magical were magical despite kids being like just monstrously bratty, horrible humans. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like there's this really stupid thing that kids movies like to do where Kids fight adults, and kids are like, look how cool I am, look how clever, look how interesting and fun and whatever, and I've got this, you mentioned the scene where the fat kid does the roly-poly into pirates or whatever. Yeah. Hated that. Hated that as a kid. Hate it way more as an adult. Really? Yeah. This thing of, like, kids, like, going up against adults because they're adults are lame and they just don't get it, Yeah. and then, like, adults are like, ma, I'm a clown, no, I don't get it, no! 
and then they like fall over and they're like, oh, and then they're like holding their nuts because they just got kicked in the nuts and then they're like bonked in the head and they're like, whoa, and they fall over an edge and like, oh, how do these kids beat me? Darn kids. And the kids are like, yay, we're awesome. Oh, we're the coolest. Look how cool we are. My that's the, that's the Chris Columbus effect. I mean, veins and out of your neck. On it that is, one. it is really, really annoying. And if there's one reason, if there's one reason above any other reason that uh, Hook got a 25 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, that is it. Got it. Uh, I just, I, I have to make sure that no one gets super angry with me. Chris Columbus wrote The Goonies. Okay. Richard Donner directed it. Gotcha. Uh, I get that. That makes sense. Uh, I. Watched Home Alone for the first time maybe a year ago. Yep. A uh, year and a half maybe. Uh, and it was it was a th- probably the thing I noticed about that movie where they – like every adult in that movie was kind of a moron. Yep. And it wasn't even that they were all jerks. Like they, they weren't overly mean. Even the burglars weren't yep. overly mean. They were just stupid. Yep. They were dumb. Um, that yeah, so, it's interesting. So I, I I hate this because I, I said that Hook is not pandering. In those moments, it becomes very pandering. Uh, and like so, when when I was saying the 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 the, the culminating scene of that is the battle on the the pirate ship, right? Yeah, yeah. Kids come and do their thing, right? I don't know how that could have been handled differently. I wish it had been, but that whole thing is the the epitome of what I'm talking about. And like it's maybe a little more okay for Hook because of the kind of thing Hook is, right? It's like this weird whatever. It's less okay. It's not it's it's still sort of sucks in Hook. Like I wish it was different. But, but like it's, it is the plot. Yeah, but it's like I mean, well, whatever, you know. And then but but it's it's not at all okay in like movies that are not so stylized, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I find almost all Chris Columbus movies that are about kids to be almost unwatchable. Huh. Um because they're it's it's annoying for one. It's just deeply annoying. It's clearly pandering. Like this is something where you you're doing this because you're like you're you're essentially it's like feeding kids sugar, right? It's like, oh, you'll like me if I give you sugar. Mm-hmm. Like this is not this is not treating kids with respect. Pandering is the opposite of respect. Pandering is like, I know you'll like this. I know you'll like this because you're stupid. And like that is yeah. that is the thing that that this kind of thing does. Like that's what this is doing. That's what that those choices and hook. That's what they are. Yeah, you'll like this because you're stupid. Yeah, and that's and all the Chris Columbus stuff. Chris Columbus is smart because he knows that he's making movies for families, and the the primary drivers of uh, butts and seats for families are kids. So if you can convince the kid that this is his movie and that he will and and you've, if you can make the kid love it enough, then the kid's going to drive their parents to go see it again and again. And guess what? You got a box office hit. Home Alone is a great movie. It's really well constructed. There's a lot of great stuff going on with it. I have a hard time watching it. Yeah. Um, and it's because of this thing. So I, if, if there's one big complaint I have against Hook, it's that. Because Spielberg sinks to Chris Columbus's level, and he didn't have to. He'd proven many times with other movies that he didn't have to. He's very good at dealing with children. But in Hook, we get to this point. That is just kind of gross. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I feel like there is a... A pun, because you keep saying pandering, 
and we're talking about <laughs> Peter Pan. So I've been sitting My here. My main complaint with Hook I've is been, that it does a lot of Peter pandering. <laughs> I've been sitting here trying to think of a pun, and I just couldn't think of one. I, I was just, like, I it's just there. gave you one. Sure, but it's, I didn't come up with it. I came up with the concept, and you actually executed it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I get that gripe. What's, I think what's all so the Peter pandering, all the Peter pandering enough <laughs> with the Peter pandering. Um, I think that it that's is, that's actually, you know what? That's actually a pretty good catch all name for the Chris Columbus effect. Peter pandering. Because think about oh, it. Yeah. Peter yeah, Pan yeah. is the epitome of that thing. Yeah. Right. So that's why in hook, it's maybe more acceptable than any other movie ever. Still sucks. Wish it wasn't there. Yeah. But like, if because it going, literally is Peter Pan. Because it's literally yeah. Peter Pan. It's yeah. literally kids don't grow up. It's literally literally kids rule, adults drool. But like, this is it's still it's Peter pandering. Yeah. And uh, and and any movie that you see Peter pandering, you can yeah. Walk it's away. interesting. I, I'm so I'm and don't here, let your kids see it. I'm I'm trying to think about why that's so frustrating, and I think it's because uh, we talked about it in our. Uh, prestige episode Mm -hmm. uh, talking about Christopher Nolan, where he, uh, somebody asked him, um, you know, if he likes to, to challenge his audience. And he says that uh, he doesn't ever assume that his audience is, is dumb, uh, too dumb to understand. Yeah. He always assumes that if he explains it well enough, they will understand. Yeah. So he gives them credit for not being morons. And that's what's so nice about Christopher Nolan movies, where you can watch it and you can be challenged. And if you pay attention, you get it. And if you don't, you, you kind of don't. And yeah. it's, but it's like, it, it requires your attention and your intelligence and he gives you credit for it. Peter pandering do- doesn't, it, yeah. it's very much the opposite where it's like, no, I don't think that you could even handle. I don't think you kids could handle something more complex. Yeah. So I'm going to break it down to good, bad parents, old, young, and then throw it in your yeah. faces. And also you're going to, you're going to eat this up because you're, because you're stupid. And when, and it's the same thing. It's, it's literally the same thing Mm -hmm. that advertising does to kids. It's the same damn thing. Yeah. So cereal, a sugar cereal commercial, adults are stupid. They don't get it. Right. Buy this. Uh, Unfortunately, the adult is the one with the wallet. So like get the, you know, like the kids are going to be like, I want it. I want it. And they want it so bad because they made them feel empowered by, denigrating the adults around them. And so it's a really, it's a, it's kind of an insidious thing. Whenever you see, whenever you see Peter pandering, you know, it's to make money. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it is just a a cynical money grab. And so it's, it's no different in a movie or anywhere else you see it. It is no different than trying to sell sugar cereal. So is there, are there examples of kids movies that you can think of that don't do this? Every Pixar movie ever. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. The movie that came to mind uh, was Coco. Yeah. Yeah. Coco was actually, that is a perfect example because it's not, I mean, it's easy. Pixar, Pixar, you could say they get off the hook because so many of their movies aren't about humans. Sure. But all of their movies have adults and children in them. All of their movies have adults and children and the relationship between the two. And never, ever, ever is there pandering. Peter pandering. Peter pandering. Yeah. Um, Inside Out. And in Coco. Yeah. Yeah. And Inside Out. Yeah. 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 And in Coco, there's just... The majority of them are adults. Yeah. And the majority of the adults are really great. Yeah. And the the, the stuff that kind of comes up, 
there's like one adult that ends up looking like a fool in the end, and he's like a straight up villain. Yeah. Like he's a bad person. Yeah. So it's okay that he gets sort of like clown punched because like he's bad. Yeah. He's an actual bad person. Like an actual motives. murderer. Yeah. <laughs> with bad motives yeah. that are grounded in reality mm-hmm. because stuff like that happens. Mm-hmm. Like so it's yeah, Pixar Pixar does it right over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I would say also, um, you know, we had we had a couple of episodes about um, how to train your dragon. And How to Train Your Dragon is a pretty good example of a, well, I would say, I'm going to just say the first movie. The first How to Train Your Dragon is a pretty good example of kids doing their thing and adults doing their thing. And there's some, there's some disconnect. There's some tension. Conflict. But the adults are not stupid. Yeah. And they're not like clowns. They're just, they're, they're just a divide and they need to like that. That that relationship needs to be, needs to be renegotiated and repaired, and that's what happens by the end of the movie, which yeah. is beautiful. So yeah. like, no Peter Pandering at all. Yeah. And yet it is a kids movie that is very empowering. So yeah, that's the that's 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 the thing. That is the one thing that I would levy against Hook. Hmm. That's fascinating. Um, first of all, I. I like that assessment. I agree with you. Um, I am interested to think about, uh, to leave this episode and to think about kind of the psychology behind that. And like, because uh, everybody that didn't like that movie were, that I have talked to as I'm still processing, kind of thinking about it, were all pushing adulthood when when it came out. Sure. And the, the, yeah, I think so. I think that that's, the, I think that's fair across the board. And then um, everybody that seems to love it as I do. And as the, the fan who wrote in um, the same, same age as me. Uh, so it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. Kids felt empowered adults. It was like, boo, I don't like you. Yeah. Second of all, I really enjoy that Peter pandering. I really hope that that becomes a thing. <laughs> I'm really excited about well, that. Well, it will. I mean, I mean, it is already a thing. Yeah. I hope, many, I hope it sticks. Do you know how many billions of people listen to this podcast every week? I mean, I so see, I see the numbers. Many, many billions. Many billions. Many, 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 many billions. Like more than seven. Way more than, way more than, CJ, seven? Not seven, seven. is not many. <laughs> seven is a few. Many, many, many billions. I- <laughs> CJ. <laughs> I am I am I am ashamed of you. You, you think, underestimate us in a way that is that is unaccountable, honestly. I feel I feel a little bit like I like have you heard of short man syndrome? <laughs> I feel like that's what's happening right now. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, no, we, uh, yeah, I, I think I think Peter Pandering has a real shot of becoming anything. Um yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot else to say about this movie. I, I really do like it a lot. I really do all the things we were talking about the cast, like Dustin Hoffman <laughs> as Captain Hook is just wonderful. Again, another one that that appeals to the children, like because yeah. he's kind of hammy. Oh, he really, super hammy. He really plays it up, oh, overacts. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, but it just, I remember as a kid, it just worked so well. And I didn't hate him, no. which was essential to the story yeah. because. The kid who is who I am identifying with, like the son yeah. of of Peter, um, like consider and it like falls for Hook's manipulation, and so I couldn't. You couldn't as a kid. You couldn't hate Hook, or else that wouldn't be believable. Yep. And I loved Hook. Yep. I was like kind of into him. I kind of like wanted to dress up like him. <laughs> um, identified a little more to Smee, a little chubby, Smee. but like. 
I mean, all of it was, it was, it's interesting that you share that perspective of like, it is, it is Peter pandering and two kids because as a kid, it just was such gold. Yeah. And I've never uh, saw it. Cause I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch it with adult lenses. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just because it was so ingrained as a kid. Um, I'm. This has been a fascinating episode to me. I'm really excited to think about it, go back and watch it, and see if I can put on my adult lenses. I, I'm I'm curious to see if I am as disturbed by the Boo Box as I was as a kid. I think I am. I think I still am. <laughs> the Boo Box. Do you remember the Boo Box? No. It's when <laughs> it's it's the punishment box on the pirate ship when. Somebody does something wrong. Oh yeah! And he's like mm, the boo box. He's oh, like, yeah. no, not the boo box, not the boo box. I can, you can understand his distress because yeah. the boo box is a literal box that they put you in, and then they drop scorpions into it. Yeah, and that's the most that's terrifying the thing. <laughs> I can, st- I can imagine still as an adult man that that's would be just terrible. about the most. I'm a little claustrophobic already. <laughs> I'm a lot of scared of scorpions because I grew up in Arizona. <laughs> And uh, combine the two. Yeah. So why don't you just put me in a tiny little box and put some scorpions in there with I, me? I do remember the boo box. It yeah. didn't have near as obviously as much impact on oh my me gosh. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of really wonderful, delightful moments in that movie like that. It, like any Spielberg movie, um, it's very rich with things, with moments and mm-hmm. scenes and substance. And uh, there's just a lot. There's a lot going on. And so... You know, the Peter Peter Pandering aside, it's a lovely movie. Um, and Got, there's and a lot Gotta to give love. props to, to to John Williams. One yeah. of the one of the great pairs of uh, Steven Spielberg and John Williams, yes. one of the great pair talenting pairs Once of Hollywood. Again, spinning nostalgia out of oh, ether. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. So Spielberg will line up the shots and John Williams will line up the score. Yeah. And you will feel You'll feel it. Like you're coming back home. Yeah. It is really beautiful. I um and I just would like to end on a gratitude note of Robin Williams mm. and all of the the joy and laughter that he brought. Like, I mean, ugh, it it just it was a a smorgasbord of different characters and different happiness that he brought into my childhood, and I miss him. One of the greatest performers who ever lived. Yeah. Full stop. And I am I'm disappointed that as an adult that is now getting into you know the Jimmy Kimmel's and the the to the talk shows and the the new David Letterman's if you will, um, I'm disappointed that I don't get to see him. I can go back in YouTube and watch him like be interviewed and stuff. Um, but I would have I would have loved to been an adult investing in Robin Williams. Uh, in, you know nowadays. Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer that he's not around. I would dare say that nobody could have done that role. Yeah. Other than Robin Williams. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Yeah. That's all. That's all. Thank you, Michael Bonmiller. Yes. For this excellent nostalgic outro music. (laughs) Um, uh, We're grateful for your contribution to this podcast. Yeah. Um, Listeners, leave a review. Please do. Please do. I know the... I know the uh, the uh, giveaway is over, but we'll have another one. Yeah, and you're going to want to leave a review for that, so just get it out of the way. Yeah, just get do it out of the way now. And and we acknowledge, um, as was <laughs> brought up to us, that it is not as easy. Apparently, we've made it sound easy. 
I feel like we haven't made it sound easy. We ask for it every time. We do. We beg. Uh, shamelessly, but, uh, but, but it, it isn't, it isn't the easiest thing in the world. And we, we, t- we fully acknowledge that. Uh, and so if you do leave a review on iTunes or, I mean, here's the thing, leave a review anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you end up leaving a review on iTunes, that's like, that's like amazing because it is challenging. It it's is. Like, it is challenging. It is not, it's, it's not, not straightforward. Um, so all. if you do that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You become an MVP. You know what I haven't MVL. done? Most valuable listener. I need to put a link. I'm sure that there's a review link specifically. I'll put that on the website. To iTunes? Yeah, there's got to be, right? I don't think there is. What? But we'll, we'll look. We'll try. I don't think I'll there is. I'll try. Don't get your hopes up. Listen. Come back next week to listen to know if I did that. Because I'm, right. I'm going to attempt to do that. I'm going to thank Michael Bond Miller again. Because now the music Now started. the music is starting. <laughs> and I also want to remind our audience to remember... To collect movies like a nerd and rewatch them like a critic. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>